episode of the Ever Black Podcast is brought to you by Death Wish Hot Rods and Customs. Check out their Instagram for all their new t-shirts, caps, beanies, cups, and the all-new Atomic Death lineup. Matt, thanks for joining us on the show, dude. It's good to finally have you uh, jump on and, and have a chat with us. No, thanks. Well, it's, yeah, great to have a chat. I think this is this is the first interview really I've done for this album, so looking forward to it. Really? So we got in first. We got the first review out there, and yep. we got the first interview for you. <clears throat> yeah, thanks for the review as well. Like technically, I did an interview before Metal Health where I mentioned the album, but. Yeah, that one doesn't count. So yeah, it's the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I, I feel lucky that I, I'm the first to pick your brains about this album because, man, I tell you what, this new Freedom of Fear album, Carpathia, is uh, out this week on October 21. And, dude, it is hands down the best damn Australian release of this year, in my opinion. And not only that, like, man, I've been lucky enough to hear it, and it's just incredible. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's that's good to hear. I mean, it's, it's been finished for so long now that I feel a bit disconnected with it in, in the sense of, um, like, you know, when you're, if you're composing music at the time, you, like, kind of feel like you know whether it's good or not. And then once you've heard it a billion times, you start thinking, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure, like, how it's going to be received now, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, it's good to get some positive feedback. Are you, are you excited though, man? You're only a few days. I mean, I'm lucky enough to uh, have heard it. There's a couple other people I know that have been lucky enough to hear it as well. But how are you feeling that, you know, you're so close to the rest of the world actually getting their hands on it, you know? And um, they- yeah, well, it's, it is really exciting and relieving to finally have it out because it's hard when you have songs for so long and you just want to show people and... um you just got to keep them there on the hard drive, just sitting there. I mean, they've been sitting there for over a year. Um, wow. We'll get into delays and stuff like that later, but yeah, <laughs> um, it definitely feels great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, and it's, yeah, I know it's a good feeling. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah. You should, man, you, you should be celebrating. Hey, Are you got plans? You, you guys got plans to, you know, come uh, Friday. It's Friday. Yeah. Friday. You gonna celebrate somehow? What are you gonna do? Um, we've got band practice on Friday because <laughs> ah. uh, we're launching the album um, on Saturday in Adelaide. We've got a show at Lion Arts, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, so Friday night we're gonna be rehearsing, and um, yeah, I think we'll party a bit after the show for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Save it for the actual gig, you know. Yeah, and well, it finishes at ten thirty. Um, because Lion Arts turns into a club after. So it gives us a bit of time to uh, actually, you know, socialise and drink a bit after and have a bit of fun versus if we finished at like midnight or some something later. Like there's still time, but uh, yeah. So that should be a fun one. Because I mean, you're going to be tired. That's the whole thing is after you play a show that late, you know, and you just know that you've got to like, you know, drag everything out, chuck oh, it yeah. <laughs> to the, do the load out, which... You know, if you do it early, you know, you can uh, (laughs) party on. We'll get someone else to take the gear for you. See, that's always a good one. Yeah, the gear is always the most 
annoying thing. Honestly, after a show, I'm like really amped up and it takes me a long time to calm down. So, um, but sometimes when you finish late, then um, the venue just starts shutting or something and everyone goes home and you're like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it does take me a bit of time to sort of relax after a show. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. I'm usually stuck on merch after a show. So oh, yeah. they go going, you know, and people are... <laughs> Yeah, we usually Jade does the merch, so yeah. um, free of free of that. She's really good. I'm terrible with um, selling merch, like dealing with the, the Square app and all of that stuff. Oh, oh um, yeah. I'm a massive boomer, so um, yeah, yeah. Jade usually does all that. <laughs> it must be a singer thing. I always get stuck doing it. The boys are like, "Go now," and I'm like, oh, "Okay." And they're off drinking. And I'm like, "Oh, doing the shop thing," but I do like talking to people after the show, you know, and and. Yeah. Getting some feedback. But yeah. Yeah, I definitely enjoy talking to people. And um, I think partly it's the gear thing. It works well that, you know, the vocalist can just go off stage straight to the merch desk while we're packing away all our gear um, and just get those sales while we freshly finish the set. And then, you know, we will emerge out later and have a chat. But um, yeah. Because <laughs> we're always, well. you know, our singers always, you know, do the hard work on the load-ins, right? You know, we're always... Yeah, a lot of hard work. Like, the... I mean, sometimes you don't even have your own mics, right? You just you can just walk in and, yeah. I mean, usually singers then feel bad, so then they help with the gear. So <laughs> It's true. No, it is true. I sometimes carry, you know, a, a bag or two. I've usually got the merch. It's usually the merch thing, but... <laughs> There's always, yeah, yeah, you know, but uh, you know, that's a singer thing, I guess. But um, your first album, Nocturnal Gates, uh, really made an impact on the heavy music scene, and uh, it set the man, it set the bar extremely high for the rest of us. How was it going into writing this one after you know this is the success of the first album? Do you feel that you know going into the whole sophomore album thing was there a lot of pressure? There was a bit of pressure. Um... The, the only time I really felt the pressure of writing was right at the start, like just when we basically, I remember coming home from the tour we did with Flesh God Apocalypse and sort of thinking, oh, we're going to start some new stuff. And I had a few little ideas already. But um, when there's sort of, yeah, at, at the beginning when there's not really much or any material, you feel like there's a lot to do. But just naturally um, I find myself usually if I have to write anyway and it's like, oh, cool, I'm, I have fun doing it and um, it just starts happening. And I think, yeah, once sort of songs were collected and, and momentum started, I was starting to feel more confident about it than the last release. Um, I was still really happy with the last one, but I feel like this one's possibly more of a cohesive album to me. So, yeah, I, I found the most stressful aspect everything after the writing, <laughs> like recording and, um, you know, just just like everything else, yeah. <laughs> Getting the production right is like a lot of effort. There's a lot of moving parts, you know, and uh man, that's that's why I think you know you gotta celebrate. Is that is that a water or is that a vodka? Got, is that a um vodka? Oh, it's water, yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm just recovering from a cold actually, so my throat's a little oh. bit um Oh no. Not great, but yeah, I'll be right. <laughs> oh I'll try I'll try not to keep you too long then. 
No, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm fine. I'll, I'll just have a few like throat clears every now and again, but my, my throat doesn't hurt or anything. Oh, um, that's good. I, I might just sound a bit funny, but yeah, there's no stress with that. Ah, you don't sound funny. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> but uh, are you feeling fine? You know, it's always a way. But, uh, you know, uh, you got German uh, tech death legend. Is it Hans Grossman? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Man. Yeah, I think Hannes or... Hannes? Yeah, I think Hannes. But yeah, I'm not German, so I'm probably saying it poorly. <laughs> yeah, I always I always struggle with with people with uh you know, you know European names. Always struggle. I I always struggle with. But man, what a mon- monster of a drummer, dude! Like getting him. How was it working with him on, on the record? Yeah, it was really cool. So he recorded his parts in late 2020, um, and I remember sort of around the middle of the year, I think it was during one of the COVID lockdowns, I was going for a night walk because um, <laughs> I thought it was fun because we weren't allowed to go out. So I yeah, yeah, was yeah. saying this, but, you know, I just thought, oh, I'm going to go for a hike at night and whatever. And then I remember having this thought, like, we should just get Harness Grossman to drum on the album, like, see if he wants to, because uh, I just realised he would be the perfect guy for it. So um, I emailed him about it and he got back and he was keen. So, yeah, then in terms of working with him, pretty much, like it was pretty smooth. Basically, I sent him demos and then like he tracked to those. And if he thought some of the drums that we put in the demo were shit, he would be like, yeah, that's, I don't like this. Why don't we do something like this? And um, then it was usually better. And yeah, and it was good. We just had good feedback to each other, like let's change this or this. And um, it was just really efficient. And because he's in Germany, the feedback process was cool because i would kind of give him the feedback at the end of the day after i'd, I'd message the band say you've got to get your feedback in by tonight i'll get the feedback to harness and then i'll wake up the next day and he's usually recorded an, another song in that time <laughs> it worked. overnight because yeah. the, the time zone so yeah it actually ends up being more efficient than with someone in your own country <laughs> yeah that's that's awesome man did much change musically though you know he'd send something back and it made you sort of go oh man what if i did this with the guitars or what if the vocals did this and did it help steer the direction or was it all pretty much set in stone um it was fairly set in stone as far as the other parts um because the demos were quite extensively done yeah but yeah like we recorded to the drum tracks as well so it really helped with um I mean, we went for a pretty tight sounding production, but we wanted to make sure that it wasn't tight in an unnatural way. Like, I hope it comes across like that. So basically, we recorded to his drum tracks. So I think that was definitely impactful versus us just recording to only a click. We did record to a click as well, as well as the drums, depending on the section. But I think it helps increase some natural feel on the album. And yeah, there were certain parts where it's more like maybe the way he played a certain groove would just sounds a lot cooler. He would, because obviously I didn't write out the drums like exactly. So all of the fills and, you know, the general style of the beats is what he put on there. It's just like, if it was a blast beat section, he would usually do a blast beat. Mm. You know, if it was a skank beat, he would usually do a skank beat. And yeah. So I think, I think the musicality of what he did really improved the songs a lot. Um, but we didn't go around changing songs heaps either. So that's kind of how it works. 
the production though, man, it sounds incredible. You know, that's yeah, that's something I, I agreed with with Shane definitely was we were talking about it and going, man, like the it, it sounds incredible. Like the mix, it just it sits everything sits really nicely and it's you know, when you listen to it and you you cast stereo, it's not like farting out or anything. It's just incredible. Yeah, awesome. All credit to um, V Santura who mixed it, who's actually Harness's bandmate in Triptychon yeah, and yeah. Dark Fortress. So they know each other well. So because we he mixed our last album as well, um, <clears throat> and I thought, well, Harness is like that's another reason why he was a logical choice. It was purely a musical choice. But then I realized, well. Victor has mixed Harness's drums countless times on all the obscure stuff he was on and Dark Fortress recently. So it that really helps. So um, Harness actually recorded the drums himself at his own studio and he's got a really killer setup for that and really good preamps and all of that. And then that went to Victor and then we just put in as much effort as we could with um, making sure that we had good source tones, like us guitarists change strings a lot of times. We had this box of just string, like the <laughs> of strings that, you know, lasted like half a day each. So pretty much every day of recording, we just smashed through like two sets of strings on each guitar exactly. and just made sure everything was really fresh. Um, and when we were doing takes, we would essentially like, sometimes we did a lot of takes for sections because we didn't want to have to edit stuff and take away the natural feel so we just thought okay well we'll just do this a lot of times until we get the best sounding tape for it so we don't have to edit um so i think the combo of trying to be really clean and just have a good source tone and then with someone like victor mixing it who i think has got really good taste and obviously heaps good mixing skills with the style it, it yeah like i'm stoked how that turned out but yeah mostly credit for the production goes to those two guys in, over in Germany, for sure. They know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah. for sure. Man. They know, they've been doing it for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. A few weeks or something, you know. But, um, something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. But um, no, nah, they're, they're incredible what they do. And, uh, man, the, the title track draws influences from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Is that right? Or is that, yeah. is that the whole concept running through it um not really it's there's it's not really a concept album but there's sort of some general themes that flow throughout the album so there's definitely a little bit of a gothic vibe to a lot of the album um but carpathia itself that was just that song is based on um dracula and it's it's sort of only semi-based on dracula it's the spoken word parts where um, some of those parts are semi-ripped off from parts from the book. As mm. if anyone's read it, they'll probably recognize some of the lines. But then the non-spoken wordish lyrics are more inspired by sort of a different, a different vampire story. <laughs> so um, yeah, I thought it'd be cool to sort of bring a little bit of of both into the song. So um, yeah, and I mean that kind of. I can't remember why we went with that kind of theme, but I think just I was getting into the certain chord progressions that were in the song just really reminded me of vampire stuff. So, um, yeah, it all sort of snowballed from there doing the sort of gothic themes, I think. What's the other vampire? 
like the other influence. Yeah, yeah. What's the other one? Um, well, it's it was more just what would that have been influenced by? I think it was partly influenced by Skyrim actually, because there was okay. a cool vampire story in Skyrim that I played years back. Um, where like the the similar theme there would be something to do with um destroying the sun and then having an eternal night, which I thought was cool. So I just sort of wrote some lyrics based on that idea. Um, but yeah, but then the, the, the Dracula parts are more directly, obviously inspired as well from, from Dracula. So yeah, but there's a bit of influence from both of those kind of areas there. That's awesome. Yeah, because I was going to say, Snake Mountain, my band, we have a song about Bram Stoker's Dracula as well. And then when I read that, I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to go change it. I'm going to change it. Beat me to it. But <laughs> yours is way better. So I'm going to have to re. Oh, look, I'm, just, I'm sure there's been 100 bands before us that have done it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not the most original thing, but it's cool, though. I mean, yeah. so why not? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I'm all about it. But, uh, you know, uh, the artwork is, is also incredible, dude. Like that Adam Burke is so good at what he does and i love how it ties in with your music like he you've used him for a while now haven't you like he's yeah. been your visual dude pretty much well last time on the last album we had him we commissioned him for that artwork and then this time we just picked a bunch of arts that he'd already made and um used those so like we weren't even sure which one between the single arts and the album cover were going to be what at, at certain points, but obviously the album cover and the single art we used were the most, you know, vampire looking kind of ones. So we went with those for the arts, but that's kind of how it worked this time. Cause I think he was getting popular enough that he just thought, you know what, I'm just going to paint whatever I want now and people can buy it or not, which is probably a cool step where you don't have to like, you know, do what random metalheads specifically people probably i imagine in his case you'd get all these random ideas for people like that are ridiculous to try to paint all the time <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah who knows what it's like as a, as a painter i've got no idea but yeah so we basically saw that art and, and the other ones and thought cool they look like they tie in pretty well together let's get get those yeah that's so did you so you didn't give him the idea it was something no. that he'd already already done. Yeah. So, did you see see before you started working on the album? Sorry, let me let me let me rewind this a little bit. I got a bit of the Sundays. You know what I mean? Like over a weekend. Yeah. All right. Let me start that again. So, you saw the artwork. Did that inspire you musically, or did it? No, nah, it was the artwork came after the music. Really. Um, I've, I've thought of that as being a cool thing before, but really we had this rush to get the artwork done as well until everything got delayed for COVID and other reasons and all that. So um, we were like, shit, we've got to get some artwork as soon as we can. And we picked our favorite ones that he'd done that seemed to fit the vibe of the album. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty picky when it comes to artwork because yeah, it's, it's sort of the face, the face of the music in a way. So yeah, I think it fits pretty well, like what, what we found. So, um, pretty stoked. And t-shirts and merch too. You don't want to have something where you're like, oh man, I should have gone with that other one. Now it's on a million. Yeah. And- 
you know. Yeah, it's totally. Well, we got album shirts that, like on the pre-orders that have that design on them uh, from the album okay. cover, and yeah, you, you you want it to. Um, it was a little bit of a trickier design to actually put onto a shirt than last time, which is not something I ever would have thought about. But um, I had this designer I know to do it like really quickly, and he did an amazing job just like figuring out how to apply the the album cover to a shirt because I think there's the classic album cover shirt look where there's just a square on the shirt and we usually try to avoid that yeah 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 um, nothing wrong with it but it's just like I think it looks kind of cooler when it's blends in a little bit yeah, yeah. yeah. so was it was it the problem because it was like the the screen printing because there's so many different colors and blends and everything going in was that the um what the what you were saying it may have just been it may have just been the shape of like where the characters are on the artwork um even for making posters it's like the uh, there's sort of like a area of space there but then i don't know just where things are placed um so for making posters and stuff sometimes it, it like you need a good designer to figure out how to make it work um obviously works well as an album cover like there's plenty of space for uh text and all of that but yeah that's something that i'm gonna think about more in the future it's like okay, how's this artwork sick? Where's the logo and stuff going to go? Because sometimes you you choose an art and you realise, shit, where's the logo going to go and all of that. <laughs> I almost feel bad putting logos on the art because the art looks so good and then you just, here's our logo over the top and <laughs> just ruining the painting or whatever. <laughs> but you've got a cool logo, though, that sort of works. You know, you, you see ones that are like the, the full cobweb, you know, and they just go bleh. On the on the cover, yeah. and like, well, that's just taking up half the cover, you know. So you know, they just it doesn't seem to work, or they chuck it in the corner. You yeah, know, they'll chuck it, and it's like it's kind of distracting. But yours work. It's like you've got a good logo where it all works and it's all flows. Yeah, it's good to hear. And sometimes I'm I'm can be specific about how big the logo is as well. Like sometimes I feel like. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of when the logo is massive on the artwork because yeah, yeah. it takes away attention from the art. But sometimes they can be a bit small in the corner too, and then you can't really see it on smaller pictures. So, yeah, and I can't remember who designed the logo. I think it may have been a guy called Gragoth who did it back in like 2015, like wow. way back in the day, uh, and it's just stuck as, as our logo. And yeah, no plans to change it because I really like it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to find a good logo to stick with. I think we've gone through about 20. We just go, nah, nah. Oh, you got the like it for a while and they go, nah. But I think, you know, yours is kind of like it's got that iconic look about it where I think it's it's going to stay. It's going to stick. People like it. Stick, yeah. Yeah. So another thing is you guys have been going for quite a while now. Uh, the, the big question is you've probably been asked this times before but how did the band actually come about i mean you you're an incredible bunch of musicians and it's as you know to get a bunch of people together that all have the same goal and and music uh music musical ability it's like lightning in a bottle dude you know like how how did that sort of come about for you well it took time really so the first EP we released was like, it's going way back to stuff that I wrote in high school, mm. um, half of the first EP. And then um, I had this band called Requiem back in high school where a couple of the songs of that first EP were on there, but then I wanted to move towards having a vocalist and um, just sort of ended up fit like the high school band thing sort of ended. And then 
um, I was at uni doing um, jazz performance of all things. I was studying jazz guitar at the time and I met Georgina, the bass player, um, and she was in the same course. And I just said, hey, do you want to join my band? Because I was like, she's like a sick bass player. <laughs> and she knew she was learning all the jazz theory and stuff that I was learning as well at the time. She wasn't actually a metalhead at all. Like she likes yeah. more like rock. I think like big rock fan, like Queen and that kind of stuff. So sort of brought her into the metal fold. And actually that was while it was still Requiem. So that wasn't even Freedom of Fear yet. And then like we kind of restarted and sort of thought, okay, cool. Um, let's start this band properly. And there was a guitarist that in a, in the first EP that was from high school as well, who was good. And um, a drummer was also from my high school, the initial one, that's where I met him. So then that lineup kind of half broke up just after we finished the EP, like a typical band thing. So the vocalists moved to Melbourne and uh, oh, the vocalists, I can't remember where I met him through some other band, but yeah, it was just sort of piece things together that way. Then there was a bit of a hiatus because we never played live after recording that first EP um, right. for like a year and a half until basically we found a drummer and uh, a vocalist. And that's when Jay joined as well. So um, there was Jared who was on the last album and, um, he's still one of our best mates. And then Jade joined as well, I think in 2016 or something like that. So yeah, then, or, and then from there, I think Corey, the guitarist who's in the band now, obviously he was sort of started playing some shows as a live member. Um, I mean, sometimes that's how you get people in, right? You get them to play with you a bit as a live member. <laughs> and then he enjoyed it and he ended up deciding to join as well. So that's how we got the nocturnal gates lineup together and we played a bunch of shows for like a year or two before we went and recorded nocturnal gates so yeah and then since then uh, we, we we haven't had a full-time drummer since 2019 since just before the flesh god tour so we had jake sprout from autopsy and then liam weedle now who's played in a billion bands as our live drummer um and yeah, and Corey's been a full-time member obviously since like 2018 or 19 now. So that's kind of how it happened. I think over the years, it's like gradually these epic musicians kept joining the bands and um, that's how we got to where we are today. But when you're starting out, sometimes it's, it was, it's always been hard to find a drummer. Um, yes. It's really hard to get a good uh, lineup together that not only is musically suitable, but then has all the other aspects in order like being reliable or being able to you know commit to the band financially being able to do things and getting along with them personally getting along with them musically so it's a lot of stuff that has to really work out it took a while for everything to really come together um like everyone that's been in the band has been really good but it's just yeah it's taken a while before we've gotten to where we are now lineup wise so yeah that was a bit of a bit of a long story but that's pretty much <laughs> how it worked out so I feel like we're kind of an old band, but also a new band at the same time. <laughs> and it, man, it's it's so good to see like you guys just kicking ass and and getting you know bigger and bigger with each each time. Like so many people up here, especially, love you guys. Like you, you know, you played Brisbane a few times now. Yeah, yeah, Brisbane's always been really cool. Um, like it's there's always been a good response up there and i think like we we played a bunch of shows in brisbane back in 2019 we did a couple of 
the fest that Joey from Hysteria puts on, um, like Halloween Hysteria and those things. And um, then we did the Flesh God Apocalypse show up there. I think we did five shows in a period of like six months. Oh, and we did Big Sound as well. We did two shows at Big Sound. So we kind of played more shows in Brisbane that year than we did Adelaide. Wow. Um, and then it wasn't until Metal Health that we got back up there. Obviously, there was that period of no shows. But um, yeah, Brisbane's always been really killer. And same with um, Alice Springs. We've been there like three times now and it's sort of, there's like a cool metal community out there for the fest, like Blacken as well. So yeah, it's sort of interesting how that pans out sometimes. <laughs> I'm glad that there's people still enjoying us up there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you're going to be coming back very, yeah. very soon. Man, really, really looking forward to this tour. You're hitting the road with, uh, uh, of course, Cinebiotic and uh, Remission. And, yeah. uh, dude, what a run. It's going to be incredible. And you guys are playing as well. Yeah. And you're doing Sydney and Brisbane, right? Yes. Yeah. So and it's going to be a good time. Dude, I was going to say, I was going to, afterwards, I was going to be like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk some technical stuff and see how we can help you. But um, it's uh, we are incredibly excited because all the boys in the band are, like, very big fans of what you guys do, um, you know, and – we're we're just stoked to be a part of it but in general that tour is just so solid i mean the three of you got bands hitting the road it's just good and playing frankie's as well like yeah it's gonna be massive dude yeah i'm looking forward to it i've never played frankie's and i've heard a lot of cool things about the place and it's shutting soon so i'm glad that we just got in um to play there and yeah it's it's cool um, touring with Xenobiotic, uh, who obviously sick, and Remission. Well, we played with Remission in Adelaide not that long ago. Actually, the last show we played, and they were killer. So um, I think it's quite a suitable um, group of us bands to be touring together. And um, like having you guys on the shows as well in Brisbane and Sydney, it's, it's like a good combo. And I forget if there's any other support bands um, that I'm uh, not thinking of in those shows. But yeah, overall, it's it's... It's going to be sick. And it's the first proper tour we've done since uh, 2019. So we've played interstate shows a bunch of times since uh, COVID, but it's the first proper one where we're playing shows back to back. And um, it's always so much more fun, I find, doing that, where you start getting a bit of a flow going. After playing a certain show, your set goes wild and you know you're going to rock up the next night. And maybe everything won't work still, but it's... You, you sort of get a bit of that momentum. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah, man. It's going to be incredible. I mean, we're not doing the Gold Coast one, which is where fr we're from, but we will still be there. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to help out with merch or whatever. We're just happy to be a part of the whole thing. And, of course, getting to see you play again in our hometown, which is it's it's going to be incredible. Like, also, yeah. I've never played Gold Coast before, so. Really? Yeah, yeah, never, it's never happened. So, yeah. You've been, to, been to the Goldie before, though, right? On holiday or anything like that? Once when I was 12. That's it. Wow. Uh, okay. But, like, I've been to Brisbane, obviously, heaps of times now from Freedom of Fear shows. But, yeah. like, we, we didn't really go on many holidays when I was a kid. But that was one of the, the one place I remember we went was Gold Coast. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I haven't been to the Gold Coast. That would be a long time now, like 14 years or so. 
Wow, dude. I feel like we need to take you to Movie World or, or Dream World or something, get you on some ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> really make it memorable for you. You know. I remember going to Wet and Wild and it was it was sick, but like every it was summer or something. I think it must have been summer and every slide was like an hour and a half wait or oh, something. It was so busy. It never gets <laughs> I take my kids there, we go, oh, we're not going on that one. We'll be here for days. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> But uh, man, you've got this epic tour coming up. The album drops this week. What else is on the cards for uh, the near future for Freedom of Fear? What you got cooking? Um, well, yeah. First, we're just going to get through this year, and then uh, like, there's nothing else solid that I can say. Yeah, I'm also getting stuck into writing the next album because obviously there was a bit of a gap where we like it took time before we were able to release this one. So like, yeah, yeah. Um, I've done quite a lot of writing already for the next album. You don't want to hear about that yet, but oh yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> and so yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. I'm sure we'll probably get we want to now that we can, we want to play live as much as we can. Yeah. So we want to try to do more tours next year. So there'll definitely be stuff happening. Some no. top secrets happening next year then. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's top secret stuff that we know yeah. that you guys don't know yet. But we will know. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. In the meantime, dude, thanks for joining us on the show again, and I can't wait to uh have a cold one with you guys very, very soon. I'm also very much looking forward to that. Awesome. Actually, well, we well, should have a few cold ones since I'll see you possibly at three different shows, right? So yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Four, four different shows. Four of them. Wait, three? No, three. Three. I just can't count on a Sunday night. There you go. But um, so I, I thought it was me miscounting that. I'm like, no, oh, no, 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 no. I thought I thought there was another show in there that I was going to. But I bet Shane will. Shane's like my best mate of of like thirty years. Who who will fly anywhere, anywhere and see you. You could play in Antarctica. Shout out to Shane. I know he's out there somewhere. He'll be watching this. But you could play Antarctica, and Shane will be there. He loves you. Yeah, well. Shane definitely deserves a shout out. He came to our show in Adelaide that we played recently. Um, that was just sort of a getting back into the game thing show. And Shane came and flew there. And we're like, holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's a good dude like that. Yeah, good dude. And he, was, he flew down. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, ended, he, I'm not sure if he ended up going or not, but we were supposed to play New Dead Metal Fest. Um, and then two of the band members got COVID. And, um, and we had to pull out like really last minute. I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, this guy's like flown from flown to Adelaide <laughs> and just to see us. And then like we've cancelled that show. So I was heaps glad that. Oh, and then the show that we played recently, we had tech difficulties. So we only ended up being able to play three songs. So I'm like, fuck, both times he's sorry, I might have to edit that out. But like I both know. times okay. he's flown here, it's like it's not been like a complete show. So yeah, big shout out to Shane. <laughs> Maybe Shane's the curse. Maybe he's gonna be. <laughs> Maybe I'll retract that shout out. Yeah, Shane, you're gonna have to wait outside. No, no, he'll he, he'll be <laughs> nah, he'll be anywhere you play, mate. And uh, mate, thank you again. We'll have all the links down here. The new album Carpathia comes out this week. Legend. We'll see you soon. Cool. Catch you soon, man. Thanks for the uh, podcast. <laughs>